Quick Dark Torah of the Week. This week's Parsha, Parsha's Toldos, discusses the birth of Yaakov and Esav, and they're growing up in Yitzchak's house. The Pasuk says that Yaakov would sit and learn, but Esav was a man of the field, an Ishyadeyat a person who knew how to hunt. Says Rashi on this, that he hunted and trapped his fathers with his words. He would ask Yitzchak, Father, how does one tithe salt or straw? And his father would think that he was very precise in his observance of mitzvahs. Because, as other commentaries explain, salt and straw don't require tithing, not biblically nor rabbinically. So the Rebbe asks some very powerful questions here. First of all, since Esav grew up for his first 13 years, learning Tyro with Yitzchak and Avram, surely he knew that you don't need to give Maiser from salt and straw. So wouldn't asking such a question just highlight his ignorance? Wouldn't it just show that he wasn't paying attention when they were learning? Furthermore, what is Esav's question in the first place? Meiser, by its very definition, means a tenth. So what does he mean, how do we tithe salt and straw? You should just give a tenth like for everything else. So the Rebbe explains that the kind of Meiser we are talking about here is not meiser on produce. On that, of course, you don't give meiser on salt and straw. Rather, it's the kind of meiser that the Torah says in Parshish Lechacha, that Avram gave meiser to Malkitzedek from all his possessions. So it's not limited to things that grow from the ground, but rather the Avais would give a tenth of all their possessions to charity, including salt and straw. So what was Asaph's question? The question was, how do you calculate the value of salt and straw? Each one by itself is not really worth anything. A little salt is not worth very much, but when you use it for cooking or add it to food, it makes it that much more valuable. Likewise, straw used for feeding animals or lighting a fire is not worth very much. But when you make it into bricks, it has a much greater value. So Esau was asking Yitzchak, what value should I attribute to it? When I'm making my Meister calculation, do I look at it the way it is now, or at the way it's going to be in its enhanced form? Which in turn made Yitzchak think that Esav is very medactic, very precise in his observance of mitzvahs. The takeaway for us from this whole relationship between Yitzchak and Esav is how important it is to look positively at every single Jew. It explains entire R that Yitzchak knew Esav was no tzaddik. We see that from the fact that later when Yaakov is sneaking in to get the blessings and he praised Hashem, this raised a red flag by Yitzchak because he knew Esav did not talk like that. Rather, Yitzchak saw the origin level of Esav, the salt and the straw, which Kabbalah teaches us that salt pertains to Gvura and straw to Klippa, both of which can be used for good or bad. He saw that one day Rabbi Akiva would come from Esav, and realized there must be good qualities there, and he tried to influence them for the better. And if Yitzchak can do that for an Esav, how much more so do we need to look for the positive in every single Jew, highlight their pros, and try to turn their cons into a positive. And if we do that, we will merit to the time when Esav and Edai will be completely eradicated with the coming of Mashiach speedily. Amen. Have a good Shabbos.